Amen. Give us another great message, Pastor Louie. Yeah, hallelujah. So, uh, have you ever been betrayed? <laughs> yeah. Of course you have. We all have been betrayed at one time or another. I mean, really, as far as betrayal is concerned, there's two types of people. Those that have been betrayed and those that are going to be betrayed. So if you haven't been betrayed yet, don't worry. <laughs> don't, don't fret, because there'll come a time that you'll be betrayed. And, you know, betrayal is one thing, because we're all going to get betrayed. But how you handle betrayal is what's really important, like how you react to it, how it reacts to you, how you handle it. I'm on a three-week series. This is week number two of the words re, R-E. Last week, it's reboot. When Peter really messed up at the end of the life of Jesus, and Peter did not, Jesus said, you're going to deny me three times before the morning. He says, there's no way. And of course he does. And then Jesus took Peter after he had been risen and rebooted him. He rebooted him so that he could get back to work. And after that, Peter saved a miraculous number of people. He served God. Today is reframe. And we're going to be talking about the life of Joseph and what happened to him <clears throat> on the outside. You see, Peter's was on the inside. He, he denied Christ, and it was from deep in here. And Joseph, it happened to him, and he really didn't have any control over it. So we're going to look at that and, uh, more importantly, how we handle it. So... This story of Joseph is a long story, and I'm just going to skip across the top to get to some places so you can understand how you can, when you're betrayed, when you're betrayed, how you can handle betrayal. And betrayal can be something really easy. You know, like you didn't get your ice and your sweet tea, and you wanted ice and your sweet pea, your sweet tea. Or it could go up higher and higher. And normally, normally betrayal is done not by someone long away, far out in the distance that you barely know. Betrayal is normally done with someone that's really close in, really right next to you. You might sleep beside them, and they might sleep beside you. You may work beside them. That they may have your same last name, like in a family. This is the account of Jacob's family line. Jacob was a guy, uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. His, he was also called Israel. And this is the account of Jacob's family line. Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of Bilhah, and Zifla, two different mothers, same father. So 
Can you see sometimes when you have an extended family how things can go sideways on you? Has anybody ever experienced that? Yeah. Yeah, we probably all have one taste of that or another. They were tending their flocks with his brothers from two different wives. And they brought, and he brought their father a bad report. So this is a 17-year-old. He's going out with his older brothers and seeing that they're tending the flocks. And he comes back to daddy. He's a young, young buck. He comes back to daddy and says, they're not doing a good job. And, and Israel, or Jacob, he loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he was born to him in his old age. And he made an ornate robe for him. You've all probably heard in Bible stories of the robe of many colors. This is the guy, and this is the father. And when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. I'm not going to talk to him. I'm not going to talk to them. They betrayed me. They're, they think there's something. I'm not going to talk to them. Has that ever been you? Or has that ever happened to you? Yeah. And, and, and the thing about Joseph is he had these dreams. And, and he had this dream. And when he told his brothers, they hated him all the more. Because he said to him, listen to this dream I had. We're binding sheaves of grain and on the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down. And his brother said to him, do you intend to reign over us, you little 17-year-old punk? That's not in Scripture. Will you actually rule us? And they hated him more because of his dream and what he had said. But wait, there's more. He couldn't just have one dream and tell him about it and then react like that. No. He must have ate some pizza because he had another dream. Genesis 37, 9 says, then he had another dream. And he told him to his brothers and he said, listen, he's telling his brothers, I had another dream. And this time the sun and the moon and the 11 stars were bowing down to me. And, and when he told his father as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, what is this dream you have? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept this matter in mind. And so life went on after the two dreams as it does, and the resentment continued to build like it does, especially when it's unresolved, it builds. And so the father sent him out to check on his brothers again. And he goes out and finds some folks, and he says... <clears throat> I'm looking for my brothers. Can you tell me where they're grazing their flocks? And the man said, they moved from here, and they went to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them near Dothan in the middle of nowhere. But they saw him in a distance, and before he reached him. You see, they saw that coat that the father had given him. And they saw that young stature. This young 17-year-old boy who says, you're going to bow down to me. And they saw this young kid coming and saying, yeah, y'all are going to gather around me. And it says that they plotted to kill him. Betrayal is usually really close in. You can sometimes sense it and smell it without a single word being said. So Joseph came to his brother's. And they stripped him of his robe, the ornate robe he was wearing. And they took him and threw him into the cistern, into a pit 
like we talked about in Bible study this morning, the man in the pit. And the cistern was empty. There was no water in it. And so what the brothers did after they took his coat and threw him down in a hole in the desert, in the middle of nowhere, with no one around except them, here's what they did in Genesis 37, 25. They sat down to eat lunch. And they looked up and saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead. The camels were loaded with spices and balm and myrrh, and they were on their way to go down to Egypt. We all know, and if you don't know, let me tell you, the Bible views Egypt as captivity. The the Bible views Egypt as bad. The Bible views Egypt as a place that is not of God and that God's people spent hundreds of years there in captivity. So they're on the way to Egypt. And so when the Midianite merchants came by, his brothers pulled Joseph out of the cistern. Must he thought, when the rope came down, they've changed their mind. Maybe they had a change of heart. I mean, maybe when he was in there, he might have thought, maybe I shouldn't have told him those two dreams. But as the rope came down, and I can see a knotted rope come down, and his brother's pulling him up. His brothers pulled up Joseph out of the cistern, and they sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites who took him to Egypt. That's betrayal. Your own family. Taking your clothes. Sold him into slavery. Ate lunch. They tore his robe and dipped it in animal blood so that they could go back and tell the father that an animal ate him and killed him. It was a cover-up. Surprised CNN didn't own it. And suddenly he's betrayed and on his way to captivity. Look, at this point that he's in, and when you get in these points where you're betrayed, you either reframe your life or it'll reframe you. You're going to have to make a decision when you get betrayed. How am I going to look at this? What am I going to do about this? And generally, we tend to look at it in portrait orientation. You know, like a portrait, you know, when you're doing a Word document, there's a portrait orientation that's straight up, and it's generally for a portrait you can look at it as a, as a portrait. And generally the only person in a portrait is you. So you can look at it as, it's all about me. Woe with me. So Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. And there was this guy named Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials. He was the captain of the guard. And he brought him from the Ishmaelites and took him there. And, and Potiphar made him a number two person. It says the Lord was with Joseph, so he prospered. You see, he got thrown in a hole and got sent to Egypt and got bought by an Egyptian royalty. But it says the Lord was with him. And he lived in the house of Egyptian master. He didn't live in the woods anymore. He didn't live in a tent anymore. He didn't live in a desert anymore. He lived in the house. And when his master saw the Lord was with him, and the Lord gave him success in everything he did, 
after he'd been betrayed. That's not in Scripture, but it happened. Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. And Potiphar put him in charge of his household and entrusted to his care everything. He was a young, handsome, muscular young fellow. And and the problem with him being in Potiphar's house was that Potiphar was gone a lot. He probably had to travel somewhere. He had to go to Atlanta, San Francisco. He was on the run all the time, running a big palace, taking care of all the guards. And Potiphar's wife had an eye on this young Joseph. And she came to him day after day after day to be with him when her husband was gone. Now, that sounds like a Netflix series to me, doesn't it? You can just boot it up. Yep, there it is. I'm going to watch all eight episodes. I want to get to the end to find out what's going on. And she kept coming at him and coming at him and coming at him. He refused. He said, with me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in this house. Everything he owns was entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you. Because you're his wife. Now then, how could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And though she spoke to David day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. But as fate would have it, One day he went in the house to attend to his duties, and none of the household servants were inside. And she caught him by his cloak and said, come with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. He was close to her. He was with her every day. And the wife said, look what Joseph has done. He tried to do something to me. And when his master heard the story his wife told him, he said, Is this how your slave treated me? He burned with anger. And Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, in the place where the king's prisoners were confused. Have you ever been betrayed? Not once, but maybe twice? Yeah? If you've only been betrayed once, wait long enough. You'll likely be be betrayed again. But despite what you see when betrayal happens, despite what you see or not see, God is there. God is there. God is there. So Joseph's master took him and put him in a prison where the king's prisoners were confined. And while he was there, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. And so the warden put Joseph in charge of all the things that he held in prison, and he was made responsible for everything that was done there. And the warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did and wherever he was. You know, you ever wonder what your life would be like, the changes on the way? His brothers hated him, put him in a pit, 
while he ate lunch and sold him. He got falsely accused by Potiphar's wife, put in prison. You better reframe life. You better reframe life. When something happens like this, you better reframe life or it is going to reframe you. And it won't be kind. It won't be fun. You see, the Lord was with him in verse 2, 21, and 23. So you can be in some messes, but the Lord can be with you. You, you can be in a pit, and the Lord can rescue you. You can be pursued by sin, and the Lord will provide a way out. It may be a prison. Would it better have been that he be in prison than him dishonor the Lord with Potiphar's wife? The answer is yes. And you may be doing time in prison. But the Lord can rescue you. So Joseph's in prison. There's a cupbearer and a baker. And he's thrown in there. For two years he's thrown in there. And both of these cupbearer and baker, they had dreams. Joseph's around a lot of dreams, it sounds like to me. And Joseph interpreted the cupbearer's dream, said, hey, you'll be out. You're going to get out of here. But make sure to remind Pharaoh that I'm in here. And the baker, he said, you're going to be beheaded in three days. And he was. And then Pharaoh had a dream. Look, if you're dreaming in your life, if God's showing you stuff, if you're laying in bed contemplating God's Word, pay attention to what God may be speaking to you at night. If He's waking you up at night, don't just go right back to sleep. Just ask the Lord, is there something you want to say to me? Is there something you want to show me, God? Is there something I need to know about? So Pharaoh had a dream. And Pharaoh's dreams, it was about seven years of fat cows and seven years of skinny cows. And his own folks couldn't interpret the dreams. And so the, the cupbearer said, well, hang on. There's a guy in prison. He's only been there two years. He interpreted my dream. So Pharaoh calls him up. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made all this known to you, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. You'll be in charge of my palace and all the people to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne, I'll be greater. And so there was seven years of plenty and then seven years of famine. And the famine was so bad, it was so severe, it was the whole world at that time was in famine. But Joseph had stored up seven fat years of grain in preparing for the seven years of famine. And you can see, there's a famine coming to our country. There's a famine coming to our world. And we better be storing up right now God's Word in our body, in our houses, our storehouses. We better be sticking it in there and being prepared for a time when there's less. And I'm not just talking about money and economies. and I'm talking about you're going to need it for your spiritual life. You've got to start storing it up. You can see it. Joseph's father, who thought he was dead, 
He knew that there was a famine. He sent his sons to Egypt to buy grain. So he told them, go down and buy some grain. Despite what you see or not see, God is in betrayal. So what does a reframe look like? Let me tell you. Joseph's brothers, who had had the dream and he had told them, my sheep stands up and yours bows down. And he told his mother and father, hey, you know, you guys are going to come around me and I'm going to be the prominent star. Those brothers now were coming back to Joseph to bow down, to get grain. They were coming back to the person they had thrown in a cistern while they ate lunch, sold away. They were coming back. And as they were coming, it says in Genesis 45, then Joseph saw his brothers come close to me. When they had done so, they said, I'm your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. But don't be distressed and don't be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save the lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now, there's been a famine in the land, and for the next five years, there'll be no plowing or reaping. God sent me ahead of you to preserve you for a remnant on earth to save the lives by a great deliverance. See, this is what a reframe looks like. When you can be betrayed, when you can have your legs cut out from under you, when you stayed up for nights thinking about what happened, God may have you doing something that you can't see. Whether you can see him or not, he's in it. He didn't cause it, but he's right there. I will never leave you or forsake you. It doesn't say that just when things are good. When things are bad, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. God's not causing it, but he's never leaving you. He's not causing your betrayal, but he's never leaving you. Genesis 50 says this. His brothers, when they came, they threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. Now, Joseph could have stuck his hands under his shirt and said, I told you so. But he didn't, because this is what a reframe looks like. And this is what it should look like in your life. When someone has betrayed you, and they come back and say, I'm your slave. Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, and that is the saving of many lives. Look, you've got to get your grain. You've got to get your grain. You've got to get your grain and store it up. You're going to need it. He said then, so don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And reassured them and spoke to them kindly. You see, Jesus Christ was betrayed by those closest to him. It had to hurt. It had to be disappointing. 
Joseph was betrayed. And, and he said, what you did to harm me, God intended it for good. I'll tell you, Jesus Christ went on a cross. He was betrayed. And what they did to harm him, even those that condemned him, God intended it for good. Don't miss the point here that if you've got something going on in your life and it's not right and it's portrait and all you can do is look at yourself, turn it to landscape, reframe it, look at the bigger picture. When you take the portrait away and turn it to landscape, look close. God's in there. He might be two steps behind. God loves you. You see, we individually have to choose how we're going to deal with betrayal. What if Jesus, when he was betrayed, said no? Uh uh. I'm going to get even. But he didn't. Jesus Christ loves you, he gave his life for you. You can reframe what has happened to you. And you can take another look at it. If Joseph did, 14, 15, 20 years away from his family, several in prison, but God was with him. God will be with you in betrayal. God will be with you. Don't look at it just by yourself. Look for God. Dear Lord, I thank you today. That you make it possible that when we are betrayed, when we are wronged, when we don't quite figure out why somebody would do this to us, that you're there. No, you didn't do it, God, but you're there with us. You'll never leave us or forsake us. Thank you, Lord. And Father, I would ask you right now for those that are here and those listening that you would, through the Holy Spirit, let them know whatever it was. Whatever happened, whatever flashpoint it was, whatever stab in the back it was, whatever when they took your feet out from under them, Father, they would look for you right now and not them. They would look to you for an answer for what happened. And that they would come to a knowledge of you that is a knowledge of forgiveness. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, next week, we're going to be renew. Renew. Anybody want some new stuff? Yeah. God bless you all. Thank you very much. We'll have people here that will pray for you if you'd like. If not, hope to see you next week with some uh, chicken tenders and public sandwiches. Hallelujah. God bless you. Thank you.